Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Today, we are doing our catcher rankings. Pretty much nobody cares about catchers. Like, even teams don't care about catchers. Like, there's there's teams with three catchers, and, and, and all of them got, like, equal playing time. Catch, catchers were rough, man. But we are here with Rob and Nick. How you guys doing? What's going on, guys? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, catchers is always an interesting one. Definitely some names that are pretty much cemented at the position. Some names that are always in and out on every given year, but... It's looking like it's looking like we might be developing a superstar here pretty soon. So definitely the cat the catchers uh, category I think is going to get a little interesting in the coming seasons. Yeah, man, I'm really good. This is gonna be a fun list for me because we have actually two just two top fives. We have top five actual catchers, and then we have the guys who just kind of stop the ball from hitting the umpire and just kind of get in the way. So they maybe try to throw a runner on a second base. But yeah, two top fives instead of a top ten is gonna be interesting. This season coming up, the catcher position gets interesting again because we anticipate. A lot more stolen base attempts. The last few years, the analytics have dictated not to try to steal bases. And, you know, with that, we've seen the number of stolen bases go down a lot. This year, the MLB has implemented rules such as you can only pick off twice, which we'll see how that works. Um, you know, I mean, you also have the rules of what, what else was there? There's they're something else that I'm, I'm not forgetting. The base is being bigger, three inches bigger on each side. Base is being bigger on each side. Um, so And the pitch clock. And the pitch clock, which I think makes it really interesting, too, because now you can kind of time some stuff up as a, as a base runner. So catchers become a lot more important. Guys who traditionally might not have the best throwing arms, which there's one guy in particular, which we'll, we'll get to him when we get to him, but I could not put him on, put him on my list because he has a, like, pea shooter, the best to describe it, behind the plate. Who, he won't be able to throw me out, and I am not fast. But let's get to let's get to our top ten. I mean, to to from ten through six, that's the way, that's the way we're working it. Give me a second, uh, pull it up. Some technical difficulties here. All right, at number ten we had William Contreras, brother of Wilson Contreras, another another pretty good catcher who I I'm telling you you'll see on this list later. Number nine, Travis Darnold, who gets a real interesting kind of um, situation for himself as there's a new catcher in town for Atlanta. Uh, Salvi comes in at number eight, which might be surprising, might not, you know, depending on who you talk to. Number seven, newcomer Kyle Raleigh. And number six, Alejandro Kirk, who absolutely came onto the scene last year at the age of 23 and, and just became a absolutely amazing, amazing hitter and, you know, a little bit left, left, left to be loved behind the plate. But let's start there, man. And, and Nick, I'll start with you. What, were, what, was, what was your impression on 10 through six? Uh, the, t the 10 through six is just, it's who, it's so hard to predict what you think anybody's going to do this year because catchers at this point are, it's almost like a split team. You don't really have a catcher that catches everybody. You have too many catchers that have specialization for a single picture. Uh, Martin Maldonado for Houston. He's not the best catcher, but you had some guys like Justin Verlander who would only throw to him. So the catching spot down here gets rough. And that's why you have, you know, Travis Darno on here, who is, the second catcher on his own team that's on our list. I don't like that. I don't like having two catchers from the same team on the list. And the other guy we'll talk about later got traded over to the Braves. But at the same time, Travis Darno is a top 10 catcher. He's just going to be sharing time with another player on his team at the same position, which kind of lowers both of their value. But you put him on a team who doesn't have that second catcher, he's probably going to be maybe a little bit higher on the list. Um, the other one on this one that stuck out to me in a bad way was Salvi. I didn't have him in my top 10. And it took you guys having him on your list for me to really look where would I rank him. And he was number 11. The only thing that saved him last year from a statistical standpoint was OPS, which is my favorite stat. 
And so I'm kind of surprised he didn't sneak into my top 10. Um, but Salvi just, he just went real down last year and he did not have a lot of play appearances, even as a DH and catcher. He still had under 500 plate appearances between the two. And for me, he might, it just might be time. I mean, he's got the most innings on his legs over the last decade of any catcher in baseball. Um, he's, he's a beast. He's a great guy to watch on Instagram. I'm sure he'd be fun in the clubhouse. Uh, I just, as a performance standpoint, I don't see him this year being in the top 10 and his, his other guy over there, MJ Melendez, I think gets more playing time behind the plate and maybe kind of comes into his own. So you, you see some guys, you know, that have kind of maybe getting toward the end of the shelf life with Salvi. And then you have some new guys like Cal Rowley who came up and I had him actually at number six, which was pretty high. As I looked into his numbers, everything seems legit. Granted, it's only one year, but there's nobody else really out showcasing him with the with the stick. And he had a 202 Babbitt. So don't get me wrong, catchers are not going to have high Babbitts. They don't have any wheels. They're not going to beat out the infield single. They're not going to stretch a single into a double. But a 202 Babbitt is still not, that's not very high for somebody who's hitting the ball as hard as he is. I believe he's number three with exit velocity last year for catchers. And he's going to play in a much improved lineup, so your counting stats can be a little bit better. And if he can progress instead of regress, and he's then he's going to be even better this year, which puts him right there that sixth spot. Um, the top five for me were they were very easy. I think they were for all of us. There's only really one mix-up that we have. But when you go into this bottom five, um, it's just kind of you know who do you think is going to come through this year and have a few more plate appearances and put a little more production on the field. So I like Cal Rowley right where he is. And then um, the other two guys on here, Alejandro Kirk. Well, let's see if he maybe gets his own playing time back there rather than sharing it. I, that's going to be kind of tough. And the Contreras brothers showing that maybe it just runs in the family, kind of like the Molinas. Maybe we have a new uh, a new catcher family in MLB over there in the NL Central. Man, yo, look, bottom part of this list is is really rough because you're kind of choosing between Nick, Nick alluded to it, offense or defense is, is kind of the first big question, right? I think the only guy in this list that I can say I trust both offensively and defensively, and I wouldn't say trust, I would say kind of gives me the best upside is Kyle Riley, right? And then as Nick said, he did, he's done it for one year. Cat, the catcher position is notorious for having one-year breakouts and then we never hear about these people ever again. And I don't want to say Kyle Riley is going to be that guy, but I lean towards him closer to being that guy than not being that guy. He reminds me a lot of, of Mike Zanino physically. Um, Mike Zanino is a little bit more athletic. Kyle Raleigh is a better just base as a catcher, right? I think I think guys are I think his, his pitching staff is gonna be very comfortable throwing to him. But everybody else, man, look, when we were doing this list, I had I had some the way we do these lists, right? We we have a pool of players that we want to that that we all decide to use. And then there's guys that don't make it in for for whatever reason. It could be didn't play uh, didn't play enough last year. They might not have the numbers um, that qualify them to be in this list for us. It, it, what made it hard was if you're going over potential over what happened last year, there's probably a couple of guys that you'd have here maybe. Not, not everyone. I, I would personally, but not, but not everybody. But when it came down to just the numbers of, of the pool of this list, it gets, it gets slim, man. Look, William Contreras, he's, let's be honest, he's here because of his offense. Defensively, you want somebody else there. He's not that guy defensively, right? Travis Darnold, if Sean Murphy had him in traded to the Braves, he would be a lot higher in each of our lists because he's the only person on here with consistent playing time that, that is behind the plate. However, look, that playing time is going to get cut into very, very much so, right? 
look for Travis Darnold trade sometime somewhere down the line this year. It just has to happen. He's too good of a player, too too established of a player to to, to be a backup at a position that's this slim. Salvador Perez, man, look, last year he was our number one, and you, he might be the biggest drop off from one to any other position we've had in any of these rankings. Look, he, he doesn't catch enough anymore, and when he's catching, he's he, honestly he's not good enough anymore. He, he defensively, he's not good enough. We we can say that he's he's not the best pitch framer. I don't trust him now that we have guys stealing bases anymore. Like he's always had a strong arm, but his knees are old, right? He's got he's he has an ACL surgery. I don't see him doing the defensive part of this of this game, you know. Which which then takes us to to Alejandro Kirk. If you ask the Blue Jays pitchers who they rather throw to, Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk, I can almost guarantee you they're all going to say Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen is a far superior defensive catcher than Alejandro Kirk. I think Alejandro Kirk is best served as a DH for the Blue Jays. And look, it's not that Alejandro Kirk is a bad defensive catcher either, right? He does his thing. I don't know if that thing is going to be kept getting done with, with, with these new rules in place, right? I, I'd much rather have Danny Jansen back there, which Danny Jansen, look, he, he has his own stick. So it's, it's not like he's, 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 he provides no offense value either. But this one's rough, man. I think the best way to describe this list of, of, of 10 through 6 is to look at our list from last year. And it was so hard making this last 10 through 6 that I, I had to look at it just for my own just for my own sanity's sake. So some guys that we had last year. Last year, our number 10 guy was Mike Zanino. Number 9 was Jacob Stallings. 8 was Max Dossie. Um, Tyler Stephenson came, Stevenson came up in at 7. And Sean Murphy came in at 6. Of those bottom 4 guys, the only guy that was assuring to make this list was Sean Murphy. Um, Tyler Stevenson, he kind of, I'm not going to say he took a step back, but he didn't really take a substantial step forward. Max Dassey, like, he just went back to the bench where he belongs. Zanino was pretty much hurt all the the whole year, and, and Stallings just wasn't good. So it, it's really hard to, to, to kind of make a list like this when you only have a handful of guys that you know are starting. Um, Yo, Rob, I'll, I'll kick it over to you, man. What was your thoughts on 10 through 6? Yeah, man, I, I agree with with a lot of what you said. I think that a lot of the guys that are on the bottom half of this list, they have arguments that go both ways for for them to to make the list um you know with with William Contreras yeah he he didn't make my personal top 10 I, I think I had him at, at 11 um but it, it yeah it's it's mainly because I view him as a bat there's a lot like you mentioned there's a lot of these guys that they got added to this pool because the teams have not made a concrete decision yet on whether or not hey this is my catcher this is my DH and a lot of these guys are just better suited to be DHs. William Contreras, Alejandro Kirk, Travis Diarnold. At this point in time, like, uh, and you have to look at their systems as well, right? Like, if 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 Diarnold is, is going to stay uh, in Atlanta, he's gonna he's gonna DH. Like, you're not gonna want him back there over Sean Murphy, who's one of the best like defensive catchers in baseball. Um, so yeah, like if if he gets traded, good for him. But if he stays in Atlanta, like you're just gonna have to fill that DH role, and then you kind of fall off these rankings because there's there's no way we're gonna be able to rank you as in a top ten catcher next season. Um, for William Contreras, we have to see, man. He he put up a good offensive season, but like you mentioned, I don't I don't know yet if he is going to translate into that top level catcher. Um, he very well could. I mean, yeah, he he has a, he has an older brother who who's a pretty good catcher in the MLB. I know Milwaukee made that trade with kind of like that vision in mind of hey this is going to be our, our our next catcher but we're going to have to see because again for him it, it, it is only one season for Diarno like he he's pretty much a slugger he's he's filled he's filled the role 
that he's kind of been uh, envisioned to fill when he is healthy out there. Dude just dude just hits the baseball like he mashes like it, like you want him out there. Not nothing that he's gonna put up like forty home runs or anything like that. But if if you have him healthy enough, he does give you a solid shot at a, at thirty home runs like like every every season because that's the type of guy that he is in terms of like offensive production. I think one of the most interesting ones on this list is Salvador Perez, simply because like, it's funny, man. Like you mentioned, like last season we had him number one. I think last season we had him number one for what it was. If we're if we're gonna be honest, like for what his season was, because I don't think I've ever had a season where I've took a step back and been like, wow, Salvador Perez is clearly the best catcher in baseball. I think I think last year was because, hey, how do you not give the guy the number one spot who like broke the home run record for catchers um, and managed to stay pretty healthy, you know? But if you look at his career, like he, like for the most part throughout his career, he like nothing against Salvador Perez. He's been a really good catcher. Like, but at the same time, it's like the guys who he's been overshadowed with, like overshadowed by have just been on a different level. I mean, like he, he came in an era where playing against the Mowers and the, and the Yadiers and the Buster Posey's and, and you're not better than those guys. <laughs> like, and he's not better than a lot of the guys who have come, you know, since that we're going to talk about in the, in the top five here. Like, so his drop is not really too surprising because again, I think, I think like you mentioned, Daniel, he's, he's also one of those guys that's at the point where it's just like, man, just fill a DH role. Like if you still want to hit, like here's your DH role. But at the same time, it's like, it's like your knees probably don't need this anymore. You know, like, like get up, like get like extend your playing career a little bit and just, and just fill the role of DH here for the, for the Royals uh, moving forward. And then, you know, you have guys like Kyle Riley and, and Alejandro Kirk who came up big last season. Look, Alejandro Kirk, yes, he is better suited to be the DH of, of the Toronto Blue Jays. I do agree with the fact that that Danny Jansen should probably take back his catching role. But that's one that's honestly like 50-50 because we've seen two, we've seen in the last two seasons Danny Jansen deal with injury, right? If Danny Jansen is going to be off the field, Alejandro Kirk's going to be the catcher. Like it's it's just that simple. So it's it's kind of up to Danny Jansen as well. Like if he gets injured, then Alejandro Kirk is there. And for me, like if you look at Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk, at this point, Alejandro Kirk because so many teams are focused on offense has pretty much like locked up his position in the lineup, no matter what happens, either you're going to be catching or you're or you're going to be the DH. Whereas like, if you had an option to just play one, the, the blue Jays are probably going to play Kirk over Jansen because Kirk gives you, at least from what you've seen recently, Kirk gives you the better, the better stick. He, he is the better bat right now than Danny Jansen. And, and again, Danny Jansen in the last two seasons, going back to, and even going back to the, to the short end 60 game season, like there's a lot of there's a lot of missed games there. You're talking about you're talking about probably like 180 plus missed games in the last three years combined, which is a lot of time to be missing for, you know, not necessarily a glamorous spot like superstar wise, but a very essential spot in it for a baseball team. Like you kind of need like Nick mentioned earlier, like a guy like Martin Maldonado. Right. That's a guy who who Mar look. Nothing against Martin Maldonado, Puerto Rican dude, love him. But like, that's a guy who's never going to be a top 10 catcher, but he might be out there 150 games every year catching for a team because he is, he's reliable. Like that's, that's kind of what you need sometimes. Like you just need a guy out there who is reliable and, and is going to be there for a lot of games. I don't know if Danny Jansen is necessarily that yet for the, for the Toronto Blue Jays, which makes the, the convo of Kirk and, and Jansen really interesting moving, moving forward. And, and like you mentioned, man, Kyle Riley, like he came up big this season. Um, I think, you know, some of the things that stand out for him is if you look at like his number, he hits way better on the road than he does at home, um, which I'm sure, which again, it's like, it's like a 50, 50, like you, you would hope that he kind of improves on that. Um, but for Seattle, yeah, he's a guy, look, he came up big this season, standout name, had a lot of pretty big moments, 
Seattle made it back to the postseason and stuff like that. But it's kind of like you, it's kind of like we mentioned when we've been doing these rankings uh, recently, right? Like, like Daniel has his Seattle Mariners test. How important is Kyle Riley to, to, to the Seattle Mariners? Like right now, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't, I wouldn't argue that he's like a, a, a guy that's untouchable to, you know, and, and, and things like that. Right. So he's a guy that's definitely there. Like you're, you're happy to have him. And, and if he's your catcher moving forward, he can definitely give you some solid production, or at least you would hope that he gives you solid production from, from what he gave you this season. But yeah, man, there's just, there's just too many question marks. Like the, like the bottom, I don't feel like any type of way about the bottom half of these rankings. Um, looking forward to like next season. Cause like you said, a lot of the, a lot of these names are going to change. Like one name, one name that didn't make it here that I just want to bring up because he was in my top 10 and he was 10 like Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Stevenson is a guy that because of injury is not on, is not on this list. Like he is a guy, when you look at his offense, when you look at his defense compared to a lot of the guys that are, that are in this bottom tier, like he's a guy that clearly stands out to me where if, if Tyler Stevenson can give the Cincinnati Reds 130 games in a season, like he will be in this top 10. Like that, that's just how I think, like I view him compared to some of the other guys. We could, you know, me and Daniel have been saying all year, like, hey, look, we have, we have all-star catcher Jose Trevino on the Yankees, right? And neither one of us ranked him in the top 10 because we, it's like we've been telling you, like it's, it's off of circumstance, right? Like great, like Jose Trevino, great, good job on defense. But like, like I've said it before with other rankings, I don't, I tend not to give a shit. <laughs> If you're like really good defensively, if you're piss poor on offense, like it's it's like, yeah, like it's great that you're that you're good on defense. But like when you're you know, when you have WRC plus over 100, like under 100 and all these types of things compared to like a lot of the other guys at the position, I can't rank you that highly. Like, yeah, like Jose Trevino's a top 15 catcher maybe going into next season. But like, is he going to stay there after this year? Probably not. Like, I, I really don't know. Like, there's just I'm so many question marks. I'm really glad you brought up Trevino because he was the guy I was alluding to earlier about I just can't put him in there because I can probably steal the base off him. Look, for, for, for as good as Jose Trevino is framing, right, as good as he is defensively to a certain extent as far as blocking the ball, maintaining the pitching staff, he was, he was great for the Yankees last year, making sure that those pitchers had someone good to throw to, right? Problem is, look, new rules do not, do not favor Jose Trevino. Not, not whatsoever, man. Yeah. One of the things that, that we just have to be honest about, and especially as Yankee fans, and, and I'm talking to the Yankee fan nation right now, Jose Trevino's not a starting catcher. He, he's a backup catcher who had a great year, right? And I know we're going to get pushback on that from, from people who like pinch-right people, right? But, but it's the truth. Look, last, last spring, Jose Trevino was a, a toss-in in a trade. He, he was pretty much a... Well, we have some guys that we were thinking about starting in, in Kyle Higashiwa, which sucks. We, he's not a good catcher. I mean, he, like, defensively he's okay, but, like, he, I, we, he's a backup catcher as well, right? And then the, the mystery of – I even forget his name now because he never played ben, last year. Yeah, it was like Ben Rover. Ben Rover or whatever. Yeah, he, was, whatever. he was the guy that the Yankee fans were, like, really excited about. We didn't see him at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't exist, right? He's like an alias. Bro, I'm pretty but, sure the Yankee, I'm pretty sure the Yankees don't have a legitimate starting catcher in like their system, like that, like that, like that's the crazy thing. Like it's like even if you argue like someone like Austin Wells, like yes, I would love to see Austin Wells come up just from a prospect like perspective. But at the same time, we've talked about before how none of us see Austin Wells as a long term catcher. So like not, they, not, not at all, you know? not at all. Look, there, like, there's there's so many guys on this list that if we blink, they can be backup catchers tomorrow. And some of these guys yeah. are back. Like think like 
Travis Darno, look, let's be honest. Where we stand right now, he's a backup catcher today. It, it's just, it, it is what it is, right? It, it just is what it is. He, technic, technically, he's a backup catcher. William Contreras, we're thinking he's going to be a starting, a starting catcher for, for the Brewers. We don't know that. Their lineup is fucking weak. He might be their everyday DH, right? There, there's a world where William Contreras doesn't see the backstop for, for the Brewers. This list was rough, man. And look, and Kyle Raleigh, whew, last year, nobody could have anticipated that. I don't think anyone in the manager's system anticipated him hitting 27 home runs. He's not, like, he traditionally hasn't been that guy in the minors. He hasn't been that guy in his, in his small spurt, like, the year before the, 2022. So I know we're going to get some hate on, on Kyle Raleigh. Like, oh, the big thumper. That's so great, though. The postseason and all the homers and stuff like that. We're very happy for him. But, we just wouldn't be surprised if he's not the starting catcher after J- July next year. Last year, we had Tom Murphy in, in, in this motherfucker, right? Like, Tom Murphy was the guy we were talking about as the potential top 10 catcher for, in, in the MLB. That's how dumb the, the catcher's list is. So, you know, it, it's hard to fall in love. I, I, I'm just going to throw out some names out there because I think it, they're not in our top five. But there's some names that you guys should be looking that could potentially land in our top 10 next year. Looking at Mets, Francisco Alvarez, um, he they wanted him to come up at towards the end of last year because he does bring some offensive thump. Same thing, though. Defensively, kind of trash. So, so we'll see what happens with him, right? I don't think he's going to be a DH in, in, in Queens. But he's someone you should look for because the Mets want him to start at the catcher position. Get Gabriel Moreno, who was traded from the Blue Jays to the Diamondbacks, primarily because there wasn't a, ca- a catcher spot in Toronto, right? You have, you have Kirk, who's very young. Kirk's like 24 years old. You have um, Danny Jensen, who's like, I want to say 26 or something like that. Both of those guys are above average at their position. Um, you know, we mentioned Jensen's uh, injury history. You know, that is what it is, right? But you can't really project guys to be, to be injured, right? Even though we do it all the time. Um, other guys that, that didn't make this is Cabert Ruiz. Cabert Ruiz didn't have a great season last year. He hasn't really kind of um, developed in the, at the pace we would love to. We'd love to see it. He's also just 24. Right, he, he the catcher position is one where where we see guys traditionally get better as they age. Um, who else am, am I thinking of that, that that didn't make this list? That that oh dude, um, Shea Langliers out of out of Oakland. I personally think he's better suited for the DH role. I, I can't see him necessarily uh, sticking at catchers his entire career. His bat's too good for it. Um, and defensively, there's a lot to be kind of you know left to love. I, I don't want Joey Bart, right? Jo, Joey Bart was the guy that we thought might be on this last year. Joey Bart fucking sucked last year. And Joey Bart might be looking for a new home because he might not stick on, on the Giants roster, which is a big shame. Um, I'm just trying to run through a mental list. Um, Nick, Nick Fortes out of Miami. He's a guy that we could look forward to. Maybe, hey, look, maybe he sticks. Maybe he doesn't. We don't, we don't know, right? But he's a guy who did make some noise at, at certain parts of the list. Garrett Stubbs, he's not gonna get playing time because JT Realmuto's there. But if he gets traded somewhere, he might be some some somebody interesting to look at. I'm trying to think. Christian Vasquez, he's just been around so so out so long, and he was pretty much trash before he hits before he hits before he hit Houston. And even in Houston, he was like their their third string catcher at some points. So it's hard to really say he deserved to be on this. And and, and Eric Haas, who had a good year last year. And kind of had a similar year, similar year this year. He just plays for Detroit, where you know nobody gives a fuck about Detroit right now, right? And and his stats weren't so good that you can say, oh, he has to be in here. 
but he's someone that I, I, I think deserves to, to, to be mentioned a little, a, a little bit. All right, now that we got we, we got away from those scrubs, let's, let's go to our top five because it's, it's about time. I'm tired of talking about these losers. Just kidding, guys. You guys are in the major league. You guys are fucking awesome regardless. But number five, Wilson Contreras of the St. Louis Cardinals. He takes over the Yachty mantle, and he says, yo, fuck you, Cubs. I'm going to go to your rival because you guys didn't want to extend me. And number four, Sean Murphy. This is an interesting one because he's the one that takes over uh, the starting position for, for the Braves. And it's not like hypothetical, right? They offered him a long-term contract, right? It's not, it's not like we're saying, oh, he might start over Dreno. No, he's starting over Dreno, right? He got, he got his contract. He's one of the best, if not currently the best defensive catcher in, in the MLB. I think there's a real argument to be made for that. Number three, Will Smith. Uh, look, man, he, he, he sticks around, right? We, we say that there's, we don't have a prime guy at the position right now. He's consistently in our top four list. Granted, I still don't consider him a prime guy. But for what we have in the game right now, dude's one of the best. Uh, number two, my favorite guy, um, set, runner up for a rookie of the year, drinking beers with fans, Adley Rushman of the Baltimore Orioles. I think he's that next level guy when we talk about a conversation with like, you know, and, and granted, this is way too fucking early, but when we talk about guys that could potentially be MVP candidates, uh, potentially be on like that Buster Posey, um, uh, Yadier kind of level in, in this game. I, I think he can potentially be that. And then number one, JT Real Muto, who absolutely deserves to be number one after a season he put up last year. But Nick, I will go to go to you. Um, five through one, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're right. JT stands himself as the best catcher in the game in so many levels: average, speed, home runs, defensibility. You know, this is the one catcher in the game where any of the rule changes aren't. It doesn't seem like they're really going to change his game very much. Uh, defensively, he's the closest guy that we have to a Yachty or a Buster where there's just like kind of shut down the run game. So JT's right where he should be. You know, we could probably talk about him the rest of the time and, and give him his due deserve. But the other guys that are on here, you know, Adley Rushman, high prospect. Daniel, when we were talking about prospects and going back and forth between Adley and, well, we weren't really going back and forth. It was you picked Adley and I had Joey Bart. Uh, yeah, it looks stupid. I mean, Joey Bart is not doing anything at all other than sucking and Adley... Looks like he's going to be the best catcher in the game for the next 10 to 15 years if he stays at the position. Everything about Adley Rutschman looks professional. And it's not even just he did well and he put the bat on the ball and he caught the Orioles. Everything he does every step of the way looks like he belongs there as a rookie. His first game, he sat there and stood there for a couple seconds and like took in the environment. And he did that because he got advice from teammates to do that. Like, you are the number one prospect. This is going to be an ovation for you being out there. Go ahead and take your time and enjoy the moment because it's literally never going to happen again. And to lead a team that's as young as the Orioles through the entire season after he came up to continuously be better along the way, maybe he is just that guy that's going to be on the field that's going to be the captain from year number two going forward and turn a team, maybe even an entire franchise around. And for me, that's why I put Adley at number two. I think, for me, it's very clear Real Muto. And then I can argue myself with Rutschman, Murphy, Smith, and Wilson Contreras. I can argue all four of them as being the second best catcher in the game right now. But Adley showed the most baseball, like outside of war. Like I'm not a big fan of war, but I do utilize it because it, it is a level playing field for everybody. So you can get your rankings based off that, at least as, a, as an idea. But I think he just added way more wins to the Orioles than any other catcher in the game. And he deserves to be number two, in my opinion. 
And then from there, I had Murphy at number three because I think he improved where Will Smith kind of regressed. Um, Will Smith lowest OPS last year, 807. 807 out of the catcher spot is damn good. Like, you have outfielders that are playing that don't hit 807. So to think that 807 is a down year is crazy. And the only reason I put him at four um, instead of Murphy is because Murphy's improving. Also, Murphy's going to the Braves from Oakland. Talk about a situational change that only sets you up for just complete success. It does not, literally, literally does not get better than going from Oakland as a hitter to Atlanta as a hitter. You have way more talent around. You have a better ballpark to hit in. You have a better organization around you to help keep you productive for longer. There is there's nothing about this that doesn't put Sean Murphy in a spot to maybe battle with JT Realmuto and Adley Rushman for the one and two spot. And then you have just honestly at this point, you know, just kind of the good old guy of the group and Wilson Contreras. It's crazy to think he's the old man of the group in here. But to go from the Cubs to St. Louis and take over for Yadier Molina, I have a feeling Yadier Molina is going to be pumped to have this guy over there to be talking to him every day and be in his ear and see what he can do to help this guy. And that's where the top five really just separate themselves between everybody else. I look forward to seeing all five of these guys catch this year. I look forward to their at-bats. I look forward to how they're going to handle the pitching staff. Where it's everybody else, I'm cool just watching their highlights. Like, just show me the ESPN cut. Let's let's put that little 30-second blip together on TikTok or whatever show what they did for the day. I'm not looking forward to tuning into any of their games to watch what they're going to do. But these top five, literally all five of them, this is where it gets exciting, which is why when we let in, I said, you got your top five catchers, and then you got your top five guys who are just stopping the ball from the umpire. And that's clearly what it is. You could talk for an hour on each of these top five in some aspect, and I think they're all going to be on the upswing this year. Even Will Smith, who had a down year last year, maybe that was just that one year, and he can, he's going to come back this year and improve. But all five of these guys are entertaining catchers, ready to watch. And just the way they are on the field, they do seem like they're the generals. They all seem like they're the guys who want to be on the field to lead the team. Even if they have a bigger star ahead of them, it still feels like they're in charge. And that's a really key factor for catchers. You've got to be in control of the game. You have to have everybody in the field looking to you because there's got to be that one point of contact that's not the manager, that one, I don't want to say beacon, but the guy who's there kind of running you know, the field general. Some teams have it at shortstop. Some teams have it in center field. You really want it to catch position. And all five of these guys are that for their team. Man, I, I love the... I love what you said about Ali and the impact he made on his team. Just because the Orioles had a point last year where they got hot. There were those were points where people were saying Orioles might make the playoffs. I was not one of those people. I I don't think anyone in this in this uh, little uh, inner circle were any of those people. But um, there was a noticeable difference the way that the Orioles played from the pitching staff to the lineup, just to the way they looked on the field where they looked like a competent team. Once Adley Rushman came to major leagues, I, I think that there's direct correlation between Adley being in the majors and the improvement of that Orioles team. Look, the pitchers, the pitchers had better pacing. The pitchers were throwing more strikes. The pitchers were better in, 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 in at situational pitching, right? Like it wasn't just where they used to blow up. They were kind of, you know, bunning down, right? They made the pitches. I think a lot of that has to do with, with Adley Rushman, right? I, I, I love Adley, right? I, from, from, from the standpoint of, I think he's the next big thing at the catcher position. And where the game is headed, you kind of need 
you need first of all, look, you need a defensive catcher, right? If we if we're keeping the rules that we're implementing in 2023, you're gonna want a defensive first catcher because there's a lot of speed in the game. We just haven't utilized it, right? Look, man, Ali's gonna face. I'm just I'm just trying to think off the top of my head of like who the runners are in the AL East that are gonna trust a lot of bases. Look, guys like a George Springer, guys like a Boba Shet, guys on the Yankees. I'm trying to think like like a Harrison Bader. Those are guys that are gonna attempt maybe third at, at least. 20 stolen bases this year. They're going to at least attempt 20 stolen bases. Some of those are probably going to be against the Orioles, right? Just just the amount of volume of guys trying to steal bases this year, you're going to want that defensive guy who can throw some guys out. I, I think Adley's that dude, honestly. I, I just think he, he's going to be our our prime guy at the catch position for, for, for a while. Not taking anything away from JT Romuto, who JT Romuto was deservingly got MVP votes last year. Because his second half absolutely propelled the Phillies to the playoffs. He started off kind of slow, right? And, he, and, and the year before that, he was kind of like, all right, well, he's still, he's still really good. But, you know, I, I don't know if he's necessarily someone that we should think of upper echelon. He was. Last year, he was. Right? He does it defensively. He does it offensively. Um, same thing with the pitching staff, man. Look, Phillies, for what it's worth, I, I didn't think Philadelphia had, like, the, the best pitching staff going into last year. Guess what, man? You have a great catcher that can change some things. Um, Will Smith, I think you're really going to get to enjoy his defense because I've said it before. He's pretty much a reincarnation of Gio, G, G, JT Riomuto, uh behind the plate, at least, as far as his athleticism, as far as what I think you do defensively. Uh, the, the other two guys, right? Look, Sean Murphy, as good as he was last year, he still has some proving it to do. You know, he still hasn't hit that point where we're like, oh, yo, he's no doubt in this list. I think we're projecting him to be that guy. And look, he did have a really good season last year, but you know, I, I couldn't fathom putting him in front of Will Smith just because I still think there's something left there that we're waiting to see that, that we haven't necessarily seen. And look, Wilson Contreras, he's the only guy that we know is going to be a starting catcher like for the next three years uh, on, on this list, Any, uh, aside from the top five, right? And everyone else, we're like, we don't know what we see in the next five, three years, right? Um, Wilson Contreras is that dude. Rob, I'll kick it over to you, man. What was your thoughts on the top five? Yeah, man, a, a lot of good names in the top five. Um, you know, I, I think when anytime you start with Wilson Contreras, it's it's a good spot to start at because Wilson is just he's a good catcher. That's 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 the definition of him as a player. I just think that he hasn't found yet the ability to produce a like ridiculous like high level season like you like we expect a lot of these other guys to be able to do, or at least like we've seen them put together. Like when you look at all the their analytic. Uh, stats and things like that I think last season was a was a was a year where a lot of people kind of expected that for Contreras especially after his like first half start and he kind of cooled down in the second half um which like caused him to just fall down. I, I thought Contreras was probably on his way to being a top three catcher um for this season but it, it, it caused him to go down a little bit after his second half going over to St. Louis I think I think it's going to be a huge help for him I think he goes to a team that's better um prepared right now to compete than the Chicago Cubs obviously he goes to a team that had that has a better history organization wise and like you guys mentioned like if yeah if Yachty is going to be around the team like there is I mean this there I don't know if this is my bias or whatever but there is probably no other catcher that you want to learn catching from at this moment in time than Yachty or Molina like I would not I would not want any other catcher teaching me how to be a great catcher than Yadier Molina like if I had to go into a into a team's locker room you know dugout every day and have a guy coaching me there I'd want it to be Yadier Molina so for on his end 
it it could be fantastic for him. It, it could we could be talking about Wilson Contreras here as, as a whole different player. But at this moment in time, I think he's he's perfectly ranked at number five. Um, and then when you look at guys like Will Smith and Sean Murphy, yeah, I think they're two guys that are that are kind of like competing with each other. I I, I do want to see how Sean Murphy does in a new environment in Atlanta because that's way different than being in Oakland. Like, look, people talk about all the time how energy energy is infectious. Like when you're in, when you're in a losing culture, when you're in, in a culture like Oakland that doesn't really go into every year like wanting to compete. Like Oakland kind of Oakland is the type of franchise that like accidentally falls into contention. You feel me? Like they just go into the year and it's like, oh, we won these amount of games. Oh, look, we did make the playoffs. Like it's like that kind of thing. Whereas like Atlanta, it's like you start every season now with like we have World Series aspirations. Like that is where we're starting from day one. Sean Murphy moving to that to that uh, culture now. And like you guys mentioned, signing a six year deal. He is the starting catcher there as he should be. Like if again, if I have him or Travis, like I'm picking Sean Murphy 10 times out of 10. Like it, it's not a it's not a difficult decision. Um, so for him, you know, I think I think it's going to be interesting him. He's going to have a lot more protection in that lineup. Now in Atlanta, a lot, a lot of more ridiculous protection in that Atlanta lineup, which could lead to, you know, even better offensive numbers for him on top of him just being already one of the best defenders at the position. So I, I it, it's honestly a situation where I don't I expect him to be at this same, you know, not not same spot, you know, three, four, whatever. But like he's going to be a top five catcher next season. Like bar, barring he he gets injured before he starts and just doesn't play at all, right? And then we just keep him off of rankings just because he didn't play the entire season. But like even then, he still might be a top five. I'd still want an injured Sean Murphy over a lot of other guys. Um, like you mentioned, dude, like Will Smith, like he's a guy that he does he does a lot of things like really well. But I don't on his end again. There's nothing that like jumps off the page for me. Like, but, but that, again, that doesn't mean he's not a top five catcher. Like he's a really, he's a really solid option at the position. And I think he's been, he's been more than, than, than a good person to have at the backstop for the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are in a position where they don't really have to worry about their, their catcher moving forward. And I think that that brings a lot of comfort to a lot of teams when you can have someone at the position that you don't really need to worry about. doesn't matter if they're top three, top five, top seven, whatever, like, but at least a guy that's there year in and year out. And you're like, all right, this, the catching position is taken care of. Like, and that's not something that honestly is probably one of the most difficult things to do in baseball, to be able to have a guy that you you're like, Hey, this is going to be my starting catcher. The guy that I trust for, even if, yo, honestly, even if you say three straight seasons, like three consecutive seasons, like having a, a reliable catcher that is like good, that 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 is like even on that borderline of, yeah, he's maybe a top 10 catcher for three for three consecutive seasons is not something that's like super easy to pull off in the MLB. Um, you know, like Daniel alluded to we're, we're, every year that we do these rankings, like when we get to the bottom half, it's all right, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in. Like it, it's going to be like that moving forward. Um, Yo, real quick, just just on that point, because I do want to kind of just hit on yeah. it just so, so people know how important it is. When it comes to like long-term catchers, you have your borderline Hall of Fame. You have your Hall of Famers, borderline Hall of Famers. Then you have replaceable guys, right? So it's it's you know think about it. It's like guys like Pudge, Buster Posey, right? Guys who are no doubt Hall of Famers. Mike Piazza, right? Then you have your borderline guys like a Salvador Perez, maybe like a Jorge Posada, right? Um, I'm trying I'm trying to think of who else might be a potential uh, AJ Pruszynski, maybe. Right, who even hit, he was kind of a like in and out of like. Other than that, it's so replaceable. So for Will Smith, he's kind of his career path is taking that borderline Hall of Fame, famer kind of um like you know kind of JT Romilly. I think those guys are like borderline Hall of Fame catchers. 
where they're going to be in lineups and no, they're not producing at an elite level, but at the at the production level that they're at, they absolutely are top in the game. Because think about it, everyone, every everybody else is just fucking like, yo, maybe next year, fuck. Like I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just want to put that out there because I, I think that's really important to, to kind of just no and give them that even, kind of credit. Even with that, there's like drop off. Like it's like it's like the the amount the the gap that look. No, I've said it a bunch of times. No disrespect to someone like JT Romuto. He's an excellent catcher. But the amount of drop-off that there exists between a Yadier Molina and a Buster Posey to a JT Romuto is a very real drop-off. Like, it's very real. Like, it's, 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 the drop-off is like MVP conversation level drop-off. You know, like where it's like, yeah, JT Romuto got some MVP votes, but he wasn't winning MVP. When Yadier Molina and Buster Posey were in their primes, they had a shot to win MVP, like based off their catching ability and what they were doing for their teams, like going into every year. So that that's kind of like that gap that exists there. I, I look, I think JT clearly deserves the number one spot this season for what he was able to do. I mean, no one saw the Phillies going to the World Series. And and like you said, he was a he was a massive part of that. Like, right, you can look at the Bryce Harpers. Hey, the, the reason that you go out and you get a, and you get a, a guy like Trey Turner now to like add on to that team. It, it's because you have guys like JT Romuto that give you like the liberty to do that, right? JT Romuto is not a guy that necessarily is making like an incredible amount of money either. He's making like 25 million AAV, right? Which is like a little high for catchers, but like, is it really for the number one catcher in the game right now? Like it's a, it's a pretty decent price to be, to be paying, especially, you know, JT's not, not, not on the younger side of things either. Like he's, he's 32 year old catcher, right? And in the, in the MLB, when you compare him to the other guys that are on this list, like he's, he's definitely on the, on the older end of things. Um, but yeah, man, look, I just want to focus on, on Adley here at number two, because I think he is clearly going to be the number one catcher next season. Um, I just, all of us had him at, at number two. I think, I think we all agree that the only reason we didn't put him at number one is because he's coming off of his rookie season. Like, let us, let us, let us see him do it again next year. And he's, he's probably going to be number one very easily. Um, dude, he, he, he is a, the, the very clear face of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, he, he exudes a certain level of leadership about himself. And to be honest, it's not too surprising because at the catching position, there are only some rare instances where you see guys come up at a very young age, you know, even like Adley Rushman, who just got done with his rookie, with his rookie season next year, he's going into his age 25 season. He's already 25. So it's not like he's a 20, 21 year old catcher. Like he's already 25. Like, like, like this is a, this is a, this is a grown ass adult, right? Like this is the, this is the leader, the face of the Baltimore Orioles. And he, he looks the part, he looks the part. And, and it's not, it's not like a fake thing where you're just like, oh man, this guy is like cocky or anything like that. He's not, he doesn't seem to be cocky at all. He just seems to be like very comfortable in his game and both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I think he's going to do tremendous things for Baltimore. I think he's the guy right now that every, every team should be should be wanting to acquire a, a type of, of catcher like Adley Rushman. I mean, dude, we'd be, we'd be talking about so many teams in such a different light if Adley Rushman was, like, on their squad. Like, like not for nothing, but, like, you know, like, like Knicks Pirates, yo. If Adley Rushman was the catcher for the Pirates, the Pirates, you probably could pencil them in for, like, 10-plus wins from whatever you, you had them this year. Like, that's how important of a piece, like, Adley Rushman is – to be honest, the word the word potential, I, I think we could throw the word potential out with Adley Rushman because he showed us this season, like, my, my, my potential is not potential. Like, I am what I am. Like, you will see this, like, moving forward, right? So I, I think it's, look, for, for the Baltimore Orioles, it's, it's, it's a guy that you uh, cherish. It's the type of guy that you want in your organization. It's the Adley Rushmans. It's the Julio Rodriguez's of the world that are going to keep moving, like, these franchises forward. 
Um, it's a great pickup for Baltimore, man. Like you're, you're talking about like when, when you're realistically looking at it, it's not, pff, look, man, to be honest, it's not that crazy to say that Adley Rushman is already a top five player in the AL East. Like, it's not that crazy to say, like when you're actually looking at the talent, like, yeah, you have your judges and your Vlad judge, like judge, look, judge Vladdy Devers outside of that. Like, are you really picking anyone else over Adley Rushman? Like, it's like it, He's already in that kind of combo. So with such heavy hitters in that division alone, in, that's another thing. In such a tough division, the AL East for Adley Rushman to be able to like not only stand out in the AL East, but stand out in, in fucking the game of baseball. Like he's he is clearly the next man up. Adley Rushman is up next in terms of catchers. When the guy that I see being on that same tier where we're talking about the Buster Posey, the Yadier Molinas, the Joe Mowers is Adley Rushman. If you want a guy who has a legitimate shot to win an MVP award, it's Adley Rushman. It's not any of these other catchers. Like, I'm sorry, like, but no other catcher on this list. I, I can bet, I could bet my bank account right now. No other catcher on this list right now is winning an MVP award. Like that, that's just not happening. Adley Rushman has a legitimate shot to do so. And I think that's gonna, that's the thing that stands out for him. I think he's very clearly deserving of the number two spot already coming off of a rookie year. And yeah, man, I can't wait when we're recording this episode next season and we're talking about him being number one. Bro, it's insane. There, there, there is a path where, where Adley can win an MVP now. Think about it. The defensive, the defensive part of catching is going to just become that much more important this year. And if you have a guy throwing out about, I think next year if we see guys throwing out like 32% of guys out, that'll probably be a pretty high number. Just because the, the rules like lean towards being super base runner friendly right let's just let's just be honest it, it, it is what it is right if, if, you're, if you're if you're a guy who has any kind of speed you know that after a second time they throw over you pretty much have a green light you can take as big of a lead as you as you pretty much want right like it's going to be hard for catchers to kind of deal with that i think that rule is going to need some kind of redefining um i don't know if it happens in season probably not but at some point it's going to be like one of those things where the game's broken we, we need to figure out another way to, to do this Look, I think something that's really important to mention is the Sean Murphy trade. Because when you look at it, right, I don't know how Oakland exists as an organization, if I'm being completely honest with you. It's it's really embarrassing. I don't um, – there, there's teams I joke about being embarrassing, right? Like the Mets, like, oh, the truth is the Mets try at least, right? It, it, it's, not, it's not their fault that they're, you know, the, the Mets, right? It is what it is, right? Like, I, I don't know. The, the only World Series you won, you won because the, – the last World Series you won, you won because of a play that someone remembers for going a ball between their legs, not necessarily what you guys did, right? Um, you know, I make fun of Tampa all the time, but Tampa at least, you know, they – at least in recent history, they, they've done enough. And, and they've, they have paid a couple of guys, right? They didn't have to pay Tyler Glass now. They, they paid him for the season. Oakland Athletics are, are are a complete joke of a franchise in, in every sense of the word clown show. I, I just there, – there's franchises I legitimately hate. Oakland has to be close to number one on that. Just, you know, they, they pretty much play in a, in, a, in a historical park, but one that's a shit show now, right? Like, that, that place is not suitable for a professional game of any sort at this point, which is why the Raiders said, fuck yeah, we're going to Vegas. But the trade, the trades they make, man. Look, Sean Murphy, did they did did they get back a really good return? I, I don't I don't know. 
right? I, you could argue the Brewers got the better part of that, right? Because they got they got uh, William Contreras, and and yeah, the, the, you know the A's had Lang- Langoliers, and they have um, Soderstrom coming up eventually. So it's not like they were in need of a catcher or, or anything like that. But it it was just gross, man. And and there's a lot of trade discussion this off season, especially from the Yankees, right? I would have much rather put all the energy we had into the Brian Reynolds potential trade into Sean Murphy, right? Because I think Sean Murphy is a guy that you, you would potentially give up a top guy for. Just because, like, the catching position is going to become so important. And if you're going to put a Band-Aid on it, like a Trevino, you're going to be very disappointed next year. I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I know we haven't done our, our, our um, you know, our division standings yet, but a primary reason why I don't have the Yankees repeating as the, and I know, fucking shocker, repeating as the AL East kind of, of division winners is because of the, because of the catcher position. There's just, in, in the division, other than the Red Sox, I don't think there's a worse catching unit in, you know, for, for the AL East, right? You're dealing with MVP candidate Ali Rushman. You're dealing with two guys in um, Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen who are at least in this, these discussions, right? The catching the catcher position is going to matter in, in a defensive way, right? We're, we're going to see those guys now that, that have absolutely no fucking stick but can can do it behind the plate. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot of that now. So I'm not gonna say it's a different ball game, but we're gonna we're gonna think of our catchers a lot differently now, right? And we're gonna be completely honest. With you, this is why Gary Sanchez doesn't have a job yet. Well, that because he's been absolute fucking trash. But you know his defensive stigma doesn't help him in this in, in this new kind of rule, rule of baseball. Yo, guys, you know. We're pretty much at the end of this, man. Is there anything you guys want to finish off with? Nick, I'll start with you. No, man. I mean, the catchers, there's the five to talk about, and there's everybody else. And I'm glad we're through this position because now we get to go to the ones where there should be some debates in starting pitching the outfield. I mean, those are going to be the positions that probably get a little more hot and heated just because of the actual talents up and down the list. But, no, I mean, that's it to the catcher position. There's really not much more to talk about. Yeah, man, this this is pretty similar. We're going to be coming out with outfielder and, and pitching rankings in the coming weeks here. But, Dude, I mean, I could title this episode our 2024 catcher ranks. That's how it's going to be next season. If these same is this, if this same top five is not here next year, I'd be highly surprised because there's no there's no other catcher right now that that necessarily like like look not again nothing against the bottom half right. But if we're talking about gaps, when you talk about like like actually being a catcher right and like being there for like 120 130 games, the gap between Wilson Contreras and the guys under him is there's also a gap there. I don't I don't see like in terms of just pure catchers, I don't see any of our 6 through 10 like taking big a, a big enough leap to say, "Hey, I I broke into the top 5." No, because the guy the guy that we have there right now, Wilson Contreras is probably going to get even a little better. So, I don't see any way that any of these guys unless one of the guys in the top 5 just had just just face plants in 2023 and just like has a terrible season, like I don't see how any of these guys fall out of the top 5. So, I think it's it's just we're we're getting ready for 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 next year. We might as well have our top five ranked for catchers next year already because these are the same five guys that I predict are going to be here. You know, I I think some guys that we we can see kind of come in here and we we maybe didn't put them in there just because um we wanted to see more of them. Yona Heim from the Rangers. He he's a great defensive catcher. He's a guy I can see creeping into I might say a top five, but definitely the top ten. Uh, you know, switch hitting catcher. Has has a fucking cannon, right? So I, I think he's someone that we look at next year. Like, okay, that made a difference. 
especially with, with the Rangers being relevant or what we expect the Rangers to be relevant. Um, the biggest omission that we all just said, yo, fuck it, we're not elephant in the room we're not going to talk about was Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani Grandal pretty much sucked at every aspect of baseball last year. There's not one aspect of baseball that was like, okay, we can justify putting him in here for this reason. The drop-off was insane. I've never seen anything like that where you went from potentially, let's be, let's be honest, he was potentially the top, the top guy coming into last year, right? I want to say we had him in at, let, let, me, let me check real quick because I do have that in front of me. He was our number two catcher last year. This year, he, was, he couldn't even sniff the top 15. And if we're going to be honest, he probably doesn't sniff the top 30. In for, if we're going to make like a whole 1 through 30 ranking, the only thing that would have him in our top 30 was based on his name recognition because he was really fucking bad last year. It was it was awful to watch. The White Sox suffered because of it, right? They, they just were not good last year. A big reason for that was Yasmani. I, I think there is a kind of, even though we're, we're kind of looking at this episode as, you know, like the bottom, the bottom, you know, 10 through 6, kind of like, eh. I, I, we said this last year and maybe it hasn't just come to fruition yet, but I, I am excited about the young catchers coming into the game. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Gabriel Moreno, right? He's he's a good defensive catcher. He puts the bat on the ball. I can see him being a guy who hits about like 270 to 280 while playing really good defense for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who for a lot of people, that's their darling team this year, right? Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. We got to see it. I don't. I, I really don't think they're they're all that good. But who knows? Maybe they do kind of show up. We'll we'll, we'll fucking see. That, that's pretty much it for me, man. I um we, we need we need more catchers. We, we need we need better catchers. Uh, get the fuck out of here though. Go go watch the Super Bowl. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I don't know. If this episode is actually coming out after Super Bowl. So I'll tell you right now. Kansas City Chiefs won. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just gonna put it out out there in the world because fuck Philadelphia. I, I don't care if you're from Philadelphia. Yeah, bro. You got you, you got to make them you got to make them them picks. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Chiefs Chiefs over Eagles 30-21. You heard it here first. Ooh. What you got for us, Nick? What you got for us, Nick? Oh, it's definitely the Chiefs over the Eagles. I don't I don't watch too much football, so I don't know the scores, but I, <laughs> I would be surprised if the Chiefs lose this game. The Eagles did not uh, beat a very healthy 49ers team. For you guys who don't know, I'm originally from Jersey, and there's and there's two there's there's North Jersey and South Jersey. If you're from South Jersey, you're pretty much from fucking Philadelphia. If you're from North, North Jersey, you pretty much, you know, claim New York. And it is a real civil war. Like, I hate I hate all Philadelphia sports. Baseball, basketball, football. Yo, that is another town. Actually, Boston, Boston's first. Boston's the first one. I'm like, yo, burn that bitch to the ground. Philadelphia comes in at a close second to, let's not burn it to the ground, but, you know, some smoke might not hurt. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'm, I might still want to go there and get a cheesesteak, but, like, outside of that, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't say, I, I was um I have friends in Philadelphia. Uh one of my uh one of my teammates from college, I was in his wedding, he got married in like Philadelphia. So I gotta like wash my mouth before I get <laughs> like text messages like what the fuck? But uh but other than that, man, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll catch you guys uh next time. <laughs>